Welcome to Ground Up Sermons. This week's sermon comes to us from two texts. The first is Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 to 17. It's the end of the story of Noah's Ark, when God makes a covenant with Noah and his family that never again will he flood and kill all humankind. A sign of this covenant is the rainbow that God places in the sky. And our next text is Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. This is the account of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan by John and his time in the wilderness. For me, the connecting thread between all of these texts is how God uses creation, nature, to communicate that again and again God meets us. Also inspiring this sermon is the song Big Yellow Taxi. For me, as played by the Counting Crows, and as originally written by Joni Mitchell, its opening line, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot, is of particular help for me. Even while I do flub the line about 90 seconds into the sermon. Thanks for listening. As I've told you before, I very rarely name my sermons. It's just not a skill I'm particularly good at. But every once in a while, I am able to name a sermon, and this is just one of those sermons. So, get yourself comfortable, get ready, because you are about to hear the sermon entitled, Big Yellow Taxi that draw your interest in? Maybe so. Big Yellow Taxi is a song name. Now, I know it as a song by the band Counting Crows. I am a child of the 90s, and I like Counting Crows, and they covered the song Big Yellow Taxi, and I love it, and I listened to it a good bit this week. Now, if you're not a child of the 90s and Counting Crows isn't your thing and you don't even know what Counting Crows are, other than the fact that I just mentioned them, are you familiar with Joni Mitchell? Joni Mitchell is the one who actually wrote Big Yellow Taxi. So whether you like Counting Crows or Joni Mitchell or none of the other, this is what this, uh, this song inspired this sermon. As the story goes, Joni Mitchell went on vacation to Hawaii. And a big yellow taxi picked her up at the airport, drove her through the island, and deposited her at her hotel. And she got into her room, and she did what I imagine a lot of tourists have done in Hawaii. I'm not one of them. I've never been there before. But she went to the window, tore open the curtains, and looked out of her balcony and her window to see these majestic mountains rising in the distance. And then she looked down 
and just about as far as the eye could see was a paved parking lot. And it inspired the opening line of the song that they tore down paradise and put up a parking lot. So it got me to thinking. Hawaii is not a paradise for me because I've never been there. I have no idea what it's like other than pictures. But I wonder where your paradise is. And if you'll permit me, I'd like to tell you about my paradise. I want to transport you back to Florence, South Carolina in the early to mid-90s. It's a summer morning. My brothers and I have been loafing around the house, being tremendously lazy, and my mother, a school teacher, in all the love that a school teacher can muster, encouraged us to leave the house and go outside. Do you hear the love there? Oh yes, the pure love there of a mother school teacher encouraging you to vacate the premises or else. And while we fought, we, we generally enjoyed this process and so we would get on our bikes and we would ride about a mile from our house and we would arrive at a location. And right when we would arrive there, all of our other friends would arrive there as well because all of their mothers had just done the same thing as well. We arrived at a place we called the Dirt Hills. And the Dirt Hills to us was magical. It was as if we were going to Narnia. It was a fantastic place filled with, in our minds, mountains and canyons, deep, dark forests, and all manner of other things that young kids love to traipse through. Now, in reality, there were no mountains. If you've been to Florence, South Carolina, there are no mountains in Florence, South Carolina, and really there are no canyons either. Rather, they were just hills that excavators had deposited uh, old fill dirt uh, in big piles and forgotten years ago. In reality, the Dirt Hills was about 10 or 12 acres of a little forgotten place, a little forgotten corner in Florence, South Carolina. And there we would spend our days traipsing and climbing and digging and getting muddy and dirty and doing everything you could possibly imagine and some things I probably shouldn't share publicly in church. Thanks for that blessing, I appreciate that. To us, it was paradise. It was an escape from parents and sounds of trains and the hustle and bustle of life. We loved it. 
Several years ago, I returned home and thought I'd drive over to see how the dirt hills were doing. And you know what? They'd paved them over. Not into a parking lot, but into slab homes, placed as closely on top of one another as they could legally get them. And there was sadness for me because my childhood play place, my own personal little paradise was gone. Now it only existed in my memory and my brother's memory and our friends' memories. So I wondered, do you have such a paradise? Was there somewhere like that that you went as a kid? Is there somewhere like that that you go now? I can't speak for you, but for me, so many of those awe-inspiring paradise moments come for me out in nature. Dare I actually say that those 10 or 12 acres of forgotten space with hills of old fill dirt brought over by excavators are something of a sacred place. And so I can, I can understand communities that identify physical places as being particularly sacred, being even holy. One of the things I observe as a pastor is that more and more people say to me, where is God? I pray, but I'm not sure God is listening. I don't know that God really cares. Where is God? And the truth of the matter is God's not gone anywhere. As our theme is uh, for this day in Lent, again and again, God meets us wherever we are. But I wonder if we have a difficult time connecting with God because we've lost a connection with nature. I mean, take our readings today from both Genesis and Mark. Noah and his family are out on the high seas. And who do they meet there? God. God is sharing with them that every time it rains and a rainbow appears in the clouds, that God will remember the covenant that God has made with them. Nature stuff. There again, in our gospel today, Jesus is going down to the river, down to the creek, to, for lack of a better word, play in the water with a guy wearing camel's hair. We're told about heavens being torn apart and then about Jesus driving himself out into the wilderness. Perhaps his own version of dirt hills in the Holy Land. The generations before us had such a connection to creation around them. That every rock, 
every river, every tree, every sunset, every rainbow told a story of God's love and presence for them. And I wonder if we've lost that. If you think about it, we spend increasingly more and more time indoors rather than outdoors. We spend more time looking at our screens than at creation, and believe me, the uh, profound irony is not lost on me that a lot of us are watching this on screens uh, right now. We've lost that connection to the paradise around us because we have paved it over with proverbial parking lots. You see, all of creation tells us a story. A story about Israelites who wandered in the wilderness. A story about Abraham and Sarah who received the promise of children while looking up at the night sky. A story of David looking for grassy pastures and still waters. A story of women going to wells and creeks to get drinking water for their families. A story of God's love that is deeply connected to creation around us. The truth, dear friends, is that again and again God does meet us. And God does meet us wherever we are. Sitting in that office chair, God does meet you. Behind that glowing computer screen or cell phone screen, God does meet you. Sitting in traffic, honking the horn and cussing at people who cut you off. Y'all never do that, do you? It's only me, right? Okay. There, God meets you as well. But I wonder if our awareness of God would increase, our sensitivity to the presence of God would increase if we reconnected with that good creation that God made. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's interesting, really. The building that we're in right now, the screen that you're watching this service on right now, all of these things were, were built by gifted people, people who were gifted by God. So we are, in a, a real sense, enjoying creation. But the original creation that inspired all the rest of that is nature, is outside our walls. That's looking at the creation of the master. And what we spend most of our time doing is looking at the creation of the apprentices, us. Does that make sense? Okay, good. I think it should think things make sense outside of my head. 
Have you ever played that game telephone? Where you start with a message and it gets whispered and eventually by the time you get to the end, it's something ridiculous? Well, sometimes you have to go back and listen to the original message. And the original message that God created with God's own word was nature. The rivers and streams and oceans. The night sky, the sunrise and sunset, the hills and the valleys, the mountains and the canyons, the plains and the deserts, the wilderness and all the rest. That is the creation of the master. So here's what I want you to do this week. I'm trying to give you a challenge each week. Just once this week, do me a favor. And I promise it's, it's going to work, okay? The cell phone, turn it off. Don't silence it. Turn it off. I promise you it will turn back on. I checked this week, and it turns back on. Turn the TVs and the computers, all the, all the, all the tech stuff off. And go outside. Go find whatever nature you can find. Maybe it's a greenway. Maybe it's just a paved walking path uh, in town. Maybe you have a hiking trail near you. Maybe you can find a river or a lake or something like that. Hey, bonus credit if you go to, like, Asheville or Boone, okay? I just, the pastor just gave me permission to go on vacation in the sermon. How's that? But go spend some time in creation. Take a moment. Breathe. Soak it all in. And reflect for just a moment on what story God might be telling you. On what love God might be communicating to you. And then take that with you as you return to the hustle and bustle of life. As you turn your screens back on and you get back to life as usual, so to speak. Take that experience with you, soaking in the creation and the story of the Master. Amen.